money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. That's good. We've been already having a little conversation. Reb's all feisty, so <laughs> get ready for Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb and Reb being feisty this morning. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be good. very calm. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> if you have joined us before on the show, you'll know that um, Reb, well, let's just I, I say, don't do calm very well. Yeah. yeah. So, so welcome to the show. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh we are, of course, uh, in a new year, 2021. Uh, we're all figuring out uh, this whole pandemic and how it's uh, affecting our lives. And yet, um, today, we uh, we just want to remind you that there, there's lots of ways to look at archive shows and go back at uh, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, notmine.ca, our good friends at Financial Discipleship Canada. We've got Ray with us this morning. Mm-hmm. So, Ray... Welcome to the show, and uh, let's go. Reb's feisty, let's go. I'm fine, yes. Hi, Ray. Hi there. Glad to join you guys today. Yes, it's great. Um, uh, So, yes, and and Ray has been joining us for, I don't know, a couple of years, Mm -hmm. I think. Has it been a couple of years already, Ray? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's with Financial, you already said that, Financial Discipleship Canada, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about um, what uh, what they're doing. Um, so, uh, because we're talking about education today, actually. So I picked some verses from second Timothy two, and actually, interestingly enough, um, uh, the verse, anyone who's ever done Awana, any of the kids who've ever done Awana will be, uh, be learning or be reminded of this verse, because the reason I thought of this verse was because of Awana. So I'm going to start reading, um, there are some verses in the first half of Second uh, Timothy, so you can go to Second Timothy two and read it for yourselves. But I'm going to read fourteen to sixteen, and of course, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's saying, "Remind them of these things, Timothy, charging them, the people you serve, before the Lord, not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers." But be diligent to present yourselves, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And it's really the verse, be diligent to present yourselves, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, why would I be thinking about that? Well, I was thinking about that in terms of education. You know, we want to be diligent to present ourselves to God approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And even in in our finances, we can go to the word of God and find out what he's saying about our finances. And Well, we we actually, I mean, we've said this before, but I I was just thinking, it's been a long time since we've reviewed the, just even the idea that there are 2,350 verses that talk about money, possessions, how we are to act as stewards of, of God's resources. And Ray, that's your world, right? Like that's mm-hmm. in a sense what financial discipleship, that education piece is is to to saying, all right, this is actually what 
the Bible says. And, and of course, what we do at More Than Enough is we help to apply that on the practical side of things to say, okay, you now know this, the scripture says that we believe it. Now, how do we implement that? So that's why, in a sense, our relationship, and we love being together, is this race the smart one, and then we go out and do, uh, we go out and do it, right? So. Uh, oh, you have a comeback for that one, Ray? No, I don't. <laughs> So, Ray, why don't you just, so I, I have a, another illustration I want to share, but just for a minute, remind us at the beginning of this year, what does Financial Discipleship Canada do? And, and you have notmind.ca. Why don't you just give us a, a, like a, you know, your, um, your spiel, your little okay. explanation. Well, you know, I'm responsible for overseeing two components of Financial Discipleship Canada. The first one is compasscanada.org. EncompassCanada.org is a, a website that allows you to explore what kind of resources are available that would bring you to an understanding, as we just talked about education, that sense of what does the Bible have to say about finances? Dave just mentioned 2,350 verses related to money and possessions in Scripture. But how do you get down into that and understanding that? And so we have four primary studies navigating your finances God's way, business God's way, money and marriage God's way, and setting your house in order. Uh, these are all small group um, studies that you can do. Uh, there's two key books, Your Money Counts and Business God's Way. Your Money Counts provides a wonderful overview of what the word has to say and gives you some understanding where the studies, whether you want a light touch through the DVD series or more in-depth ones, they're great resources to get you in the word and uh, divide the word to understand what it is that uh, the Lord is speaking about that. The other component is not mine.ca. It is about a message that we feel the Lord has given us to steward. And it's about looking at your relationship with money and how it can impact your relationship with Jesus. And so there are blogs on there. There's the podcast from Let's Talk Money. Uh, there are insights that you can glean as you read through some aspects of that website. So that's just really part of educating the body of Christ and others. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. All right. Well, um, I'm glad you summarized that because, uh, you know, I forget or I don't even know. I never remember your title even. So like, what does that say? Although I do know when people call us, which is really the great part of our relationship with you, is that when people are looking for um, information or studies, we know exactly where to send them. And and we have received some coaching clients from you who want a little yes. bit more accountability. And, and that's just been a beautiful part of our relationship with you guys. Um, and, and I think it's important, right? I mean, we are today. We're we're talking about getting educated, and 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 you know, uh, Reb, you've heard me say this probably a million times, and you, the listener, maybe not quite so many times. And Ray, you've you've heard me say that, but you know, we do have in this world that we're in now, where we can Google everything, and where we can, um, you know, uh, education piece of the the puzzle still is something that that's kind of step one, and and. You know, recognizing that, yeah, we, you know, what does the Bible say about money? Well, that's why we love the compass material because it's clear, it's succinct, and 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 it says this is what God wrote in Scripture two thousand years ago. And guess what? It's relevant for today. It's relevant for how we apply this to our to our to our day to day finances 
today? What what does that look like, right? So um, education step one, implementation is step two. It's the one-two punch of getting your finances in order, and and there it is, right? So. I have to tell you this story because our son, uh, Justice, told us yesterday he's taking grade 11. Um, uh, oh, it's math. What's the word? Calculus. No, it's the other one. Functions. Functions. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe it. He's taking grade 11 functions. And so he was working with his dad the other night on his homework. And what they had to do was learn about the interest rates. They had to learn about all kinds of investments. And then they had to sit down with someone and direct them. So um, so Dave was talking him through that. And I was like, wow, I don't remember my other kids having to do this in any of their upper math courses. So um, he said, yeah, it didn't have anything much to do with functions. They've just had this whole unit on investing and money and interest rates and all of that stuff. And then and I said, oh, I have to mention that on the radio show because we're talking about education this week. So I'm like, that's pretty great. You know, so then his teacher says, I won't tell you where he goes to school or all of that. But his teacher said, well, you know, a credit card is good because if you have an emergency come up, then, you know, that's a place that can help you with that. So then Justice sends him a message because they chat uh, through a chat box. And he said, aren't you supposed to have a savings account, like like an emergency cushion for just emergencies? And his teacher's like, oh, yeah, that that really is the way to go. But Canadians just don't do that. And then this other young guy says, oh, yeah, uh, that is the way you definitely have to have a savings for emergencies. Like you can't be without that. Like that's just a part of your finances. And the teacher's like, OK, well, you guys are a little more mature than uh, financially than I than he was expecting. So it was just a really funny thing. And, and Justice never said, well, my dad's a financial coach has been drummed into me. But um, <laughs> I was actually I don't know, Ray, that was kind of encouraging. I know that that isn't necessarily about that's secular and that's happening in the school system, but at least those practical pieces are. Mm -hmm. I think they're starting to tune into some of the needs for teenagers to actually be a little bit more functional in this area because of the level of debt that is increasing in the nation. So I think the educators are starting to turn their thoughts towards some of the practicalities, um, and especially in this climate um, I read an article just the other day in terms of how do you train your children when we are almost a cashless society? Mm-hmm. And how do you train them and have an opportunity to even navigate that and have a debit card on their own? Yeah. Which is an interesting experience. Yeah. yeah I've had, I've had uh, numerous, numerous, probably more than I can count in terms of conversations with teachers. And, and this is really personal because the, the curriculum doesn't support well, the old um, curriculum. Yeah. Well, what I mean is, is you know, the curriculum doesn't really support a whole lot of uh, what what I would call practical day to day implementation of, of financial. Um, you know, the curriculum supports. Oh, you know, let's let's talk about interest, or let's talk about investments, or let's talk about. Uh, I was a little surprised they didn't talk about the rule of seventy two in this uh, functions course, but we won't go there today. <laughs> but yeah, so the but the the idea that 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 I. I get often teachers saying, I'm looking at this curriculum, I'm looking at my own personal finances, and there's a big gap between what I'm supposed to teach and what actually is going to be helpful practically for my students. And and so, you know, often we, you know, I've been invited a number of times into different uh, grade 11, grade 12 classes to just do a session on cash flow. Like we, you know, it, it's, 
it's the part that's not there. So the teacher, uh, you know, they, they invite us to come in and just talk specifically about that. And I think, you know, again, today's show is about education and realizing that there are different things uh, or focuses that, uh, you know, when you're out in the world and different voices and, and they come from different perspectives. And so, you know, the teacher, you know, he's parroting a little bit what the bank is educating people on in, in that, hey, that, that's what a credit card's for, or that's what a line of credit is for, is just in case there's emergency. I mean, that's direct education from a bank, which sells money and, and certainly has a, a little bit of a pointed interest to say, you know, that's, that's what you should have. Whereas our son, of course, is coming from a different perspective where he's saying, wait a minute, we need, we need an emergency cushion. We need cash in the bank to, because emergencies are inevitable, right? Like, why would I plan to pay more money for the emergency that I know is going to happen uh, because I'm going to pay 29% or 19% interest on it on my credit card? That doesn't make any sense. And Okay, got but, it. Um, but I was wanting, before we like venture off uh, the, the topic of our kids and education, um, I want you to share with us some of those stats you just read, which are kind of sobering. Um, the debt we are leaving our kids um, in the future and, and today because of the pandemic. You were reading some of that to us. Do you want to share those things with us, Ray? Well, I was just, um, for audience, I was just doing some research that 9 million Canadians made use of CERB in last year. So one out of three adults to the tune of $81.6 billion in payments to different individuals. And then the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, 6 million employees received this assistance, or one in five adults, to the tune of $54 million. So and then we look at 3.1 million people who took a deferral on their credit card payments or mortgage payments, car loans, or other loans of other assortments. So we look at almost one half of the adults across Canada receive some amount of income support during the pandemic that came from the governmental coffers. Mm. So that is significant change um, and um, begs the question, how is that going to be paid back at some point? But um, even how do we navigate um, our reliance on payouts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we do we venture to answer that question. Today? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't think Ray does. We have an emergency fund to start with, right? Right. Um, which, yeah. which is, you know, we did talk about that a bit last week. Dave and I were talking about things we learned in the pandemic, and one of the top ones is our necessity. It goes back to what Justice shared with his his uh, teacher right? We need an emergency cushion. Yeah. We need a good, we need, if we're going to do anything, we're going to start building that up. Canadians, if you're listening, like start building that emergency cushion up. I know that in, in, you know, the last 15 years in, in the financial coaching that I've done, I mean, that's been one of the, the, the key first steps of, of um, and, and I've said this again, thousands of times, it is one of the hardest steps to, to do is build an emergency cushion and it's one of the most necessary, but it's also the one that, that people kind of go, ah, do I really need to? I really want to get to paying off debt. Do I really need an emergency cushion? And, and you know, our response is always, yes, of course. It, emergencies are inevitable. Um, if you don't have an emergency cushion, 
that's number one. Let's make sure it's where it needs to be, simply because uh, it is a necessity. And, and uh, certainly things we learned from the pandemic, we won't pair it last week, but, but that's number one is as if the Canadian family had a, had a, an emergency cushion of three months. I don't, I, we still would have been pulling from Sir, but it might've been a little bit less. We m might not have left such a big debt uh, for our kids and our grandkids. So, okay, so let's go back. I mean, now that we have half the show set the stage, um, why is biblical education important, Ray? Like why should we encourage Christian followers of Jesus to come to your website? Or, you know, I was um, mentioning in some of the notes and comments we were sharing, you know, there's Dave Ramsey, Randy Alcorn, I just said we have like 200 books on our shelves of, of biblical teaching. Like, you know, you'd think that all that education, we would be in a better state, but we're not. So, but let's, let's, but let's go. Why should we go to scripture? Why is it important? Well, I know from my own experience, I um, had never really studied the scriptures as they relate to money. I, th I don't think it was ever an interest in mine. And even despite carrying line of credit and having debt, that really didn't prompt me to do that until I was challenged to do that. And so, you know, I, I liken it to the fact that when you get a new uh, device or a, a new appliance, you want to go back to the handbook to see how you actually set it up and how you move forward mm -hmm. so that you actually are making good use of it and maintaining it. And so, I think the word has been provided by the Lord as the owner's guide for us and helping to understand um, the principles in it. But I think the other part is the heart issues related to money, because as you said, you have 200 books. I bet I have not quite that many, but as many on my shelf as well here in my office. And looking at, well, has education in the mind really worked through the issues? <laughs> I don't think so, because I think if we had uh, that much abundance of education, you think we would be just flying in this area, and we're not. So I think often it has to do related with heart issues, which gets back to why did Jesus do so much teaching? If half of his parables are related to this theme and connected, then he knew that it would be a heart issue for, for us. And uh, often I think it starts with, Lord, do we recognize it's yours in the first place, and do we give it back to you? and then actually make decisions based on the recognition that he is Lord over this area of our life. And I submit my, my, my needs and my wants to that area to see that my heart comes in alignment. And through education, understand what the word says, I believe that's part of our discipleship journey, part of our sanctification process, to actually understand what the Lord is speaking to our heart that we need to address so it comes into alignment with his heart. So... One of, one of what you're saying is reminding me of a comment someone made in our Unleashed workshop the other night. And he said, I, I can't reconcile. I'm having trouble reconciling that my discipleship and following Christ has anything to do with my money. Right. So and I said, you if I could have you as a, a recording and I have recorded what you just said, I would play that throughout all of Canada and say this is the issue. Um, because we have separated our financial journey from our relationship with the Lord. And um, it's what you said. Can we bring our finances in every area of our life under the Lordship of Christ? And this is why learning what the Bible says is important. But it also goes to obedience. You know, and we talked about that the other night as well. Like we were talking about commitment. What's our commitment to our financial journey? 
what's our commitment to the Lord and, and are we committed to our financial journey? And then we had a further discussion about, well, how do I reconcile my love for my family if I know I need to have a new vehicle because we don't have, you know, we're growing, so we don't have room anymore. And then, and then here's the debt issue. We'll just go get a loan. But here's what God, God's word says. And God's word says, well, run like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter from any debt. Like, don't do it. Right. Dave says all the time, it's not a sin. It's a, it's a burden. So, so then we had a great discussion about that. I said, there, they, there, you don't separate it. Loving your family isn't separated from loving God. He calls you to love, but he also calls you not to be in debt. So how are you going to walk that journey and the need for a vehicle out in your life? You come bring that all into alignment with God's word and what you know he says is true. But that's not does, always what does, our will wants. Yeah, or, I mean, or, or it, We don't always want to do that. It's easier to go get a credit line or, uh, isn't it? I like, yeah, and, but, when, but, and then the, the best part was, I got to tell him to listen to the show. The best part was um, his wife's, I said, well, how, how good are you at waiting? When you ask the Lord for an answer, how good are you at waiting? And his wife was so cute. She's like, well, he's really good at waiting when he, when the Lord answers quickly. <laughs> And I just, we just laughed. I'm like, well, I don't think that's waiting then. <laughs> anyway, we don't want to wait. It's interesting how kind of we weave, we try to set to get into that place where we come into alignment with God's heart, and then we weave away from it. We get into the ditch, and then we recognize, okay, now to get that back into again. Um, and I think that's just part of our discipleship journey, right? Yeah, and, and the again, the, the issue here, um, you know, when we talk about education, is is the 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 kingdom paradigm, the Jesus paradigm that he talks about through the gospel, and he's teaching. Uh, you know, again, uh, I often put myself in the context of some of those stories, sitting in the crowd, and and as I read through the gospel, I go, yeah, I, I'm sitting right here with this crowd, going, I hear it, mm-hmm. I, I kind of understand it with with my brain, but I have no. I have no idea how to implement. I have no idea, like, the context for it. So when Jesus says, you know, uh, love God and love your neighbor and don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to sleep, what you know, what, all of that stuff, your father's going to take care of you. You're like, no, um, I got the first part. And I, I'm good with the first part. But how how do I trust God when, uh, you know, we do need a vehicle or, you know, there is this bill to pay. Uh, like, what happens then, right? Like, how, how does that, that work out? And so, you know, um, I... You know, again, that that balance between the education piece, we we know, you know, or we can maybe define what a good steward is, and I'll say that in quotes, um, and and know that from a from an intellectual or an education standpoint. But then to actually walk that out and go, okay, in the context of a pandemic where I've lost my job, or in the the context of of the bills that keep coming in where I've been underemployed for so long, um, you know, what does that look like? And so all of those questions, right? Again, the 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 Bible's really clear, but it still uh, kind of leads us to okay. So, um, and that's why I think I have two hundred books on my shelf because <laughs> I kept going. Okay, I got. I, I think I need more education. Uh, I think because I'm not getting it right. So. Well, and rightly so. This is an interesting part. Half of the books on our money shelf are books about our walk with the Lord, our mm-hmm. intimacy with Him. So being educated is, is actually being educated and what does it look to be a disciple of Christ, which is, like you said, a journey. 
and we're not going to get it right. Just like our friend the other night was, he was really honest. I was so happy. He was so honest about the issue of reconciling to the Lordship of Christ and his finances. That's a hard thing to admit. Some of us don't even think about that, right? Um, but I am going to flip. We have a few minutes left. And I wanted to know, did you, have you seen an increase from the churches across Canada or North America or even globally from your experience, Ray, that have been wanting more of your resources online? Like, what, is, what has that been like for churches, do you think? I think um, I'm not sure we've quite hit that pain point, as I call it, that that wall where we suddenly hit reality in this area yet, I think because there's enough supports kind of yet, even though some are not experiencing that. But, you know, I've seen a drop off of of interest from churches. Um, Simply, I think part of it is because they're not running a whole lot of small groups right now. There are a few that are using Zoom as a, or some other platform in which to um, do a small group. What I see more interest in is individuals reaching out and actually working through this study on their own. And I know that my counterpart in the U.S. and in some of the global areas, they're actually doing some online studies as well. So I always encourage people, if you're going to do it yourself, why not invite some of your friends along and just use Zoom or Skype or Google Hangouts and use that as an opportunity to join others with you, to encourage each other and walk together because there's strength and community in doing that. So um my prayer is, is that people um, continue to pursue and, as Scripture says, inquire of the Lord about how to make some course adjustments. Now, I think the notmine.ca website, that continues to get hits globally. Um, and it's fascinating to see where um, there's increased traffic from. And I'm seeing it from the UK and from the Philippines, which I find it really interesting. So, um, so I know there is a hunger. Um, but my, my prayer is, is that they would just continue to increase, that we would just um, walk in the fullness of what God has for us. But what a great idea if you could, you know, you're an individual and, and you're thinking, oh, you know, I want to learn more about what the Bible says about finances. And if you're listening today, you know, talk to Ray, go to notmine.ca. He's like, he's a, he's, you can get a hold of him through there, but, and then invite some of your friends, like, I, as a yeah, break break the barrier again. There, there's certainly a barrier around silence around finances, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Again, uh, Ray Ray probably will get, give you some ideas on how to to gently propose that, <laughs> so that you can invite some people and say, oh, you know, we're not going to be opening up the books necessarily, but again, education certainly is is step number one to go. Okay, there's a hunger to know more. What does God say about finances? And 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 we have such a and, and this is maybe my encouragement as we come to the end of the show. The Father does love us, and He wrote these things down for our good, for our benefit, uh, and so that we would know how to live in this world that we live in, and actually impact our neighbors and our friends and and those that. Uh, that are around us. And so, you know, maybe this is a time where even during the pandemic, where there's a little more isolation, you can say, hey, this is uh, something that I want to get educated on. I'll take the opportunity. Maybe we do it as a online together and and, uh, it becomes something that we can build a community around because everybody spends money and Mm -hmm. and everybody has, in a sense, the same interest um, to, to go, how do we do this so that we can actually um, 
prosper so that we can actually kind of be healthy in this area. So, so we're just, Ray, why don't you pray us out for a few seconds? We have. <laughs> okay. Just, just one comment, just to say that, you know, I had an accountant, I've had a couple conversations with her. She wants to run her business according to God's heart. So we've had several conversations about what would be the best study for her to position herself to be a blessing in her ministry and her work. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, we just say thank you for our time together. We thank you, Lord, that you desire for us to walk in freedom in this area. You spoke so much when you walked upon the face of the earth, and you it, you t- taught the multitudes about this whole issue around money. You use so many examples to get to the heart of the issue. And Lord, it's our hearts being surrendered, surrendering our wants and our needs and our financial journey with you. And so, Lord, I pray for each of our listeners, Lord, that you would speak to their heart. You would encourage them to continue to plod onwards. And Father, if they have more interest, would you begin to cause them to be stirred, to reach out, to get further information, to get wise counsel, as your word says. And Father, that we may continue to journey ahead with you and all that you have for us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Well, thanks again for joining us, Ray. And thank you. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.